Welcome to NatchCast. It's good to be with you. I'm Mark. Out here in my garage. Just looking for a quiet spot. Because it's summertime. Kids are out of school. Kids are milling around. Kids do not make good podcasts. Love them anyway. Love food too. Love talking about it. Twelve times we've done this. Man, who would have thunk it? Me. That's who. I can see all the way to 1,200. 1,200 glorious episodes. Buckle up, get ready! But hey, we've done some of these. Throw us a bone. You know, get on that iTunes stars. We need stars in the ratings module of the store. And tell your friends, people. Tell your friends, one at a time, word of mouth, via any number of platforms upon which one might listen to this and that. Or try. Let's do it. Me, Josh. Food, friends, family, and fun! Stretches, a couple deep breaths. It's a good idea. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Steady. That was steady. I could have done that six weeks ago. Breathe. Like when we were in the uh, phlegmatic period of Natchcast. Oh yeah, you could barely talk at all. Although, don't you have a popcorn kernel stuck in your throat right I now? I worked that through. Okay, good. I did yin this morning, so I'm feeling pretty good. Bright and early, huh? 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. What time you go to sleep to do that? Last night I went to sleep at 1230. <laughs> it was a long night. Got a good five hours and hit the yin. Yen. I think I'm better on just a little bit of sleep. Honestly. Really? Yeah. I'm sharper, more crisp, more sharp, crisper. Crisper. Do you know what crisper is? A crisper is what you put a salad in no, to keep man. it crisp. Ooh, listen to uh, Radiolab, <clears throat> other podcast. It's more than usual. Yeah. So, so uh, busy some... week in food news. Okay. Yeah. There you go. How's that for a segue? Get that cut nice and tight. I was I was thinking maybe a cut to the marrow. I like I like that. Nestle USA prioritizes nutrition, cut salt, artificial flavors. What? what this heroes? one came to this one comes to us from a crowd favorite Charge Kingsbury. Charge Kingsbury. Shout out to Charge. What kind of first name is Charge? I think it's a fake one. Oh, okay. It kind of sounds like a combination of like kind of a street hip hop name and then like a knight of the round table. <laughs> Can you picture what, that? That's what he's going for. A knight in real saggy chain mail. Yep. Loose fitting armor. Oh, cool. Maybe his mask, the top of his mask is kind of the brim is off to one side. Uh-huh. Charge. <laughs> that's good. Who knows what kind of heavy shit's hanging around his neck. Mascot. Charge Kingsbury. So, <clears throat> this one has no author because I think it's basically a press release, right? But um, where have I got it? Food ingredients first. Never been to this site. Could be great. Could be not great. 
Do you mean it has the potential to be great or you just don't know? I just don't know. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. From this one article, I'm not seeing the potential to be great, but that's the only article I've seen. No. They're very good at formatting press releases (laughs) into articles. (laughs) The U.S. arm of international food giant Nestle has become the latest food manufacturer in the U.S. to announce the reformulation of many of its products to reflect increasing consumer preference for clean label products and reduced salt. Yep. The company announced that it will reduce salt levels by... 10%, 10%, too late. In more than 250 U.S. frozen pizza and snack products and remove all artificial flavors from these foods by the end of 2015. So, you're talking about brands like DiGiorno, Tombstone, California Pizza Kitchen. Really? I didn't know that. Well, I'm sure that was a later acquisition. Yeah. Jack's, then... Here Jack's comes the, what? I, I don't J-A-X? No, CK, CK, no, no, CK apostrophe yes. Isn't, is it like hot links or something? I don't know. But the last two, hot pockets and lean pockets. Oh, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah. All over this one. Hot pockets. So, uh, you know. I, know. I, I mean, again, like a bunch of shit that no one who cares about their health should be eating anyway, except maybe the California Pizza Kitchen pizza. You could be duped into buying that. And it's kind of interesting, too, that it, it seems like two different uh, is it the same group of people rallying for uh, removing artificial ingredients? Are they also that interested in lower sodium levels? That no. seems like two different camps. It seems yes. like the senior citizens or the the, <laughs> no. the retirees want less salt. And the moms want... The mommies want less. But again... Mommies? The mothers. I just My mind would go to moms, not mommies. I, th- I feel like when they're act- behaving this way, it's mommies and daddies. Oof. Like, why are you forcing me to feed my kids stuff that I don't have to actually feed them? Interesting point that your mind has gone this way because you're right. Fucking A, I'm right. There's this consumer activism, get stuff out of there that we don't like, even though science government tells us it's okay. That's the artificial stuff. Yeah. But right on its heels, one of the leading minds and and sort of um, advocacy groups for this stuff is uh, CSPI, Center for Science and the Public Interest. CSPI Miami? Nailed it. You did too. What? Nope. They're in DC, I think. Oh, I was going for the. Uh, but uh, uh, led by a guy named Michael Jacobson, who created the term junk food. Oh, wow. Famous. I think that's the one. But yeah. I mean. Uh, so they're, I think, so they've been, they're the go to for a lot of these mommies. And, um, you know, they might be wiffly waffly on something like. Wiffly waffly uh, on waffly, what? Wiffly waffly. I don't know, on one of these villains in the food supply that we've decided is bad. But then not on salt. They're going after salt because they already, they're taking down sugar. First they were after sugar and went after big soda. Now they're going after salt. Mm. Yeah, you don't want your blood all thick. But see, this has been... uh, I think sodium thickens your blood. Thick? Makes your blood thicker, makes your heart have to work harder. Is that pressure? Makes you have to drink more red wine. Here's the deal. Instead of rallying around and being like, get these artificial flavors out of these foods, get these foods out of your pantry, out of your Ooh. freezer box. You don't need to be buying this shit. Yep. Salad. Kombucha. <laughs> that is the subtext of this whole press release, isn't it? It's like, we're going to do a great job by prioritizing nutrition, which means we're going to get rid of all this ridiculous salt load and some artificial stuff that probably is screwing your kids up. Yeah. And you. Because you shouldn't have to take responsibility for your own health and well-being. You should rely on Nestle to do that for you. Oh, man. Last line of the press release. Last week, food 
Fast food chains Pizza Hut and Taco Bell announced plans to reformulate their products to reflect the growing trend for natural foods and transparent ingredients. That's an interesting uh, yeah. last line of your press release. Yeah, and there's no links to those articles. <laughs> no, but I and knew I, that I almost Googled it, but... Yeah, I didn't have time for that. I was like, meh. John Carmichael, president of the Nestle Pizza and Snacking Division. We know people want to feel good about the foods they president eat. President of pizza and snacking. I might have met him. I don't know. We know people. Does want he to always f- have like just cheese dust on his fingertips? <laughs> he has people. <laughs> He's just got grease spots all over his nope. tie. He's. I'm sorry. I was heavy snacking today. <laughs> just, A lot dude, of products to test. That's the testers in the back of the lab. Uh, oh, he just oversees. We know people want to feel yes feel good about the foods they eat, and they're seeking foods made with fewer artificial ingredients and less sodium. So I don't. I could be wrong. But it does feel like they kind of looked looked at the supply chain and said, all right, let's cut out some of the sodium because that's bad. And we can get rid of these artificial flavors pretty quick. So let's say those are the two things that you really need to focus on to clean up your to be progressive. finished product. Yeah. When to there be are a bleeding edge plenty of food others. giant. But listen, this has been tried before. I have no choice but to listen. Campbell's Soup Co. Right. I think they cut... More than 10% out of all those cans of tomato Man, soup. Man, they've been cutting sodium for years, dog. They did it and nobody, their sales went down. They put the sodium back in. Yeah, well, you know, it's not fucking Campbell's responsibility <laughs> to make sure you don't Ooh. poison yourself with salt. Oh, man, you, you got a Rand Paul streak in you. Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Rand? Can it be Ron instead? <laughs> you want to be Ron. Oh. It seems a little more stable. <laughs> so I think Nestle's the biggest food company around, right? And uh, yeah, even they're cleaning it up, but they're kind of doing it in a very orchestrated way. And they're doing it in a way that some of their peers have failed at. And Godspeed, Josh doesn't care. Don't eat this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll be reading more news like this next time. As some other <laughs> food companies like, how can we make ourselves seem responsible? Yeah. They, to people oh, who yeah, are what are being we going to do when they've all done it? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to... about, we'll start eating bugs. <laughs> all right, what's next? Quartz. It's another, I don't know what quartz is. It's like another big new media get your news here thing. I can't keep up with these things. Oh, QZ.com, right? Yeah. Quartz. I said quartz. Oh, I know. I, I'm looking at this, you know, you're thinking, yeah, anyway. <laughs> you think of like the kind of, you know, translucent. Rock quartz, smoked quartz, polished quartz, or are they being kind of like charged Kingsbury? It's like a quart of milk, but it's multiple quarts, but with a Z, so it's a little uh, edgy. <laughs> I'm drinking mad quartz. I don't think they were going that way. You know, when we used to drink a lot of 40s, sometimes we would drink Coors Quartz instead if we wanted to have a lighter evening. What the hell is a Coors Quartz? Coors Quart. It was filled with banquet beer, 32 ounces of banquet beer. What it's the hell is banquet mind. beer? That's yeah, just. Probably the bottom of the <laughs> low quality. The bottom of the uh, big barrels at banquet Coors. beer. That's what they called it. I think it's what they would serve at, at big banquets. banquets when they had big banquets. Catered by Coors for a while. You could get Coors. Don't you courts. go to Coors whenever you want to cater one of your big banquets? Always. For a while, you could get Coors courts in a giant glass baseball bat. <laughs> Oh, Which, how is that oh. not the worst idea ever? <laughs> and what do you drink out of the... Let's get them inebriated, then give them a weapon. Something <laughs> that suggests That's hitting great. things. Yeah. Giant glass I wish I saved bat. one of those. Oh, you had one? How big was it? Like It was like 32 ounces, if I recall. Oh, but how how tall was the bat? 
It wasn't like a regulation okay. bat. And I think it was kind of exaggerated and fat, a fat bat. Maybe it wasn't a full 32 ounces, but I remember drinking some of those and thinking like, wow, this, All right. this is suggestive. Can you, Greg, if you're out there, remember this for us. Oh, we would drink them in Greg's basement, in his Email mom's basement. Email Josh. Yeah. And throw in a nice little quip about my childhood while you're there. <laughs> yes. Quartz. The quartz. other soul food. Forget kale. CSAs across America are delivering crates of locally made art. Story written by Anne Coito. Quito. Quito. Quito is the capital of Ecuador. Is it? I'm not online and can't verify. You know what they eat in Ecuador? Bugs. Guinea pigs. Oh. What? It's, I don't know. What's I don't have with? a guinea pig, but... Daughter one has a hamster. Yeah, guinea pigs are bigger, more meat. I know, but we just started to let the hamster out into the yard because the weather's That's better. That's not a good idea. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, until he loves it so much that he goes somewhere else. Well, we watch uh, very. It attentive. only takes a second, Mark. <laughs> no, it doesn't. They're not as for fast a hamster as you might. to get away. Yes, I've had many no. hamsters. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Especially when you got three people watching him like a hawk. That's true. Yeah, I saw that picture of the little hamster. Oh, I got to get you out there in the in the grass like in the woods. Yeah. Foraging. Pastoral is wonderful. Why are we reading this? This has nothing to do with food except that they're using the CSA business model to... That's what it has to do with Shovel food. around art. Interesting story. No, it is interesting. Artists, too. I mean... it's it, They're taking the local food movement and piggybacking right. the... Uh, trying to create a local art movement on that distribution model. Yeah, it's nice. That's what's interesting about it. That's why we're talking about it. But, okay, how often are these deliveries, though? <laughs> I, how often are you get an art? Because you're going to run out of wall space. Food you eat. Ooh, and it goes away. Good point, Josh. I hadn't thought about the practicalities. Yeah. You only got so many walls. I was more focused on the way that a local art... It's almost like the coffee shop, right? You go into your neighborhood coffee, if you have one. If you're fortunate enough to have one, unless you live What, in, like Starbucks? Oh. <laughs> and there on the walls is some local artist selling their wares. Right. Yeah. I've, I have bought things from those coffee shops. You're the guy? <laughs> Especially... <laughs> For my daughter's room. They're very delightful little things. No, it's nice. Yeah. Have you been to the restaurant To the Wind? No. It's on Colfax, right next to the Bluebird Theater. To Apparently, the too, the, yeah, it's part of a, from what I understand, you know, the whole ampersand restaurant name trend that we were bagging on yep. a couple you episodes ago. Uh -huh. Do not like it. Kind of the new thing now, like in San Francisco and stuff, is like instead of the blank ampersand blank, it's like little sayings. So like, To oh. the Wind. Which I still... How about like, up yours? <laughs> how about down yours? Because you're <laughs> swallowing it. How about... How about... Mm, yeah. Take it. Take it. How about... Um, take it. These are too... These, I need extra these words. These are too sexual. Yeah, these are too... I need to be longer. Yeah. Like, but, uh, but I mean the... Like... What was my point? Oh, very good restaurant though. I still am not on board with the name. It still just to, trips to me wind. up every time. It what reminds me of a wind? fart. <laughs> well, you like cast something to the wind, right? Ah, ah Yes. But uh, in that restaurant, they have always have local art hanging. And the first time we ate there, they had some very aggressive kind of goth-looking uh, art. Not S&M, but like, kind of like H.R. Geigery, but mm -hmm. like a little cartoony. That's weird with your meal. It wasn't super appetizing. Yeah, not for your meal. But, but then I, That's what some you, guy you, named you Mark want... came in and bought him all the art for his daughter's <laughs> room. And they had to replenish. Uh, 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 so what? We... So I don't know. It's a, it was just an interesting little thing. No, They're trying nice. to create a local art community... Well, I said it before. I nailed it. Did you? Yeah, piggybacking in the local, local thing. Oh, yeah, real succinct. 
no, creating that's, it's a nice. local art movement on the backs of the local food movements successes in the CSA models. No, this is good. I mean, with the CSA models, the only way, the only thing harder to make a living at than podcasting is probably uh, Jesus being an artist of sorts. Both harder than food, and food ain't easy. Both harder than food. In what respect? Like if you want, if we wanted to launch a little kombucha brand or something. Seems like that's pretty easy. Why are they? Ooh. They're all over Boulder like cockroaches. Well, it's, How hard can it be? It's. Uh, you just try it. Actually, I think launching it would. Because probably, it's so easy, everybody does it. Right. If launching it's probably not too hard. That's, right. It's like well, sustaining it. Yeah. Well, uh, having it work. Having it work. I mean, with the with you and I at the helm, how could we fail? Well, I've or I guess it'd be with me and you. Product line extension, but we can't call it Natch Booch. Natch Booch? Yeah, what are we going to call it? Whole Natch, new brand. Natch, whole, Natch Cask. No, whole new brand. Because it's aged in a cask. Whole it's new cask-aged kombucha. I'm, I have not seen any <laughs> cask-aged kombucha out there. How do we get a cask? It's just a wood barrel. Okay. We'll, we'll go up to the Coors yeah, Brewing yeah. Company and are say, hey, an do you have any casks <laughs> that you <laughs> use for banquet beer back in the day? Here's my old glass bat. I'm going to hit you with this if you don't give me what what I've asked for. From what I know, the art of barrel making is not only challenging, but a not lost yet, but losing art? No, I think it's still around because uh, beer companies, wine companies, uh, all these... My point being, you can't just go make Artisan spirit makers, they need barrels. Yeah. But the thing with a barrel is you don't just want a brand new barrel. You'll get, you'll impart way too much wood flavor. You need to have someone like... (laughs) Leech some of that out. You need to find that old wood. Did you hear about this? Now, what's this website? NY Times? The New York Times. Chimpanzees would cook if given the chance, research says. You say every word differently than I would. You read that then. Chimpanzees. What did I say? I said chimpanzees would cook. No, you went chimpanzees. (laughs) Are you calling a pansy? (laughs) Your accents are so odd. Chimpanzees would cook if given the chance, research research says. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Research says. A tribute. um, Who wrote it? James Gorman. I'm just going to read sentence one here. Chimpanzees have the cognitive ability to cook, according to new research, if only someone would give them ovens. This is a very problematic <laughs> article, actually. Did you read it? I did. It's all over the fucking place. It is all over the place. It's like five because times what, longer than it needs to be. It's just well, a headline. But it's like, the, it's like they liked the headline so much, they tried to write the article around it. Like, yeah. They're trying to sell this idea that chimpanzees can cook, but that's really not what this article is about. Because it even says in the article, like, they, they could not operate ovens. They would not actually cook anything. The nut of the research Yet. is that they've discovered that, it, so they have this little device. It's like a plastic bowl. Did you watch the video? This is a podcast. Uh, and not- that's, that's, I'm just going to, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> You're going to what? That's a fair question. No, I didn't watch the video. There's a video with the article and it's. It shows you the little cups and everything. I prefer reading, Mark. Well, that's fine. They don't have to watch it right now. I just like to read, okay? All right. I'm I'm on my fourth book now. (laughs) No, you're not. Uh, You fucker, you derailed all my momentum here. (laughs) Ah, yes! No, but so they're they're giving these chimpanzees the the choice, right? Mm. Here's your raw sweet potato. You can eat it or you can put it in this plastic container. And they've demonstrated to the chimpanzees that if they put it in there and shake it up, it's actually just a bit of trickery. Then they open it, and there's a cooked uh, sweet potato in there. Well, let me let me just and, go one level deeper since I watched the video. Okay. They hand them a little sliver of raw sweet potato, mm-hmm. and then the 
chimpanzee can right. eat it or give it back because they've showed them if they give it back, they put it in a bowl, like you said, and they shake it up, but there's a second bowl underneath it. Right. That's what I said. A bit of trickery. It's almost like a magician's yeah, bowl. Yeah, I'm just spelling it. I'm just revealing right. the magic trick. Yeah. So the chimpanzees the think down, that the cooked, cooked the food. Yeah. And then they eat that. And, and the big deal here, I think, is that uh, in the – and that's the other thing. These are probably chimpanzees in captivity. So I, No, no, no. I think they go out in the water. <laughs> yeah, they Yeah, are. so I mean this, this research is kind of dumb. You don't like it. No, I mean I'm, it's intriguing, but it's kind of dumb because – People like chimpanzees. Well, I love chimpanzees. But the thing is, like the reason <laughs> that they eat raw food quickly is because they don't want other chimpanzees to grab it from them. Ah. You know, that's the oh. whole impulse to eat it quickly. You don't want to give it up. So if you're in captivity. So it's showing that they have the cognitive ability to say like, oh, yes, if I surrender the, the, the guarantee that I'm going to eat this, I might get something I'd rather eat ah. in return. So the logical extension of this would be maybe they can learn to cook in captivity, but in the wild, they will never learn how to cook. I guess. There's no easy bake ovens in the wild. <laughs> the whole thing is just very bizarre. So as long as we capture them all. They can enjoy cooked food, and they might even cook it themselves one day. But I, in the wild, it's I think never going to happen. Pretty much says that, that no, they'll never be able to cook. Yep. This is just a weird. Thanks, so, Gorman. Yeah, someone got baked and came up with the strangest oh. research project ever. <laughs> well, hey, let's. Who did it? Doctor oh. Rosati. No, no. Doctor Warkinen. The research grew out of the idea that cooking itself may have driven changes in human evolution. A hy- hypothesis put forth by Richard Wrangham. An anthropologist at Harvard and several colleagues about 15 years, but that's so you're right. You know what this makes me wonder? Is you know, like Yale, a, Harvard, there's some, yeah, look at these people doing stuff. Yeah. Making best it seem the like they're spending their grants wisely. Best of the best. But what about this, you know? Moving like on. Dogs. Oh. Dogs can eat anything and not seem to get sick, right? You can feed a dog old ass raw meat and they'll eat it and. Nary a, nary a concern for their what digestive are they, system. In the wild, they go right for the good stuff, you know? But I'm just saying. That's awful. Maybe the reason we're so, in some senses, our digestive systems are so frail and we're so susceptible to, susceptible to like, foodborne illness hmm. is that uh, we cook everything. We, we're, we, treat oh. our, we treat our digestive tract so gingerly be a raw that they can't handle some E. coli. <laughs> Not only do you want to be a raw foodist, you want to be a dirty raw foodist. Yes. I want to eat old raw meat. <laughs> Huh. It's well, part of a regimen to toughen up my digestive system. <laughs> I'm going to leave, I'm so, leave some fish out on the counter I'm for a couple for days. Day. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to just like, muscle it down. I could see you like mapping this out going, all right, I'm going to have one ounce of rotten fish this week just to toughen it up, mm-hmm. toughen up my insides. And next week, two ounces. Yeah, no, none and of this three. is going to happen, but it's, it's an interesting. Before you know it. Where's that research study? You're on a rotten, Yale, food, rotten Harvard. food diet. Rotten you food diet. Use some of that grant money on something useful. Instead of pretending chimpanzees can cook when really they can't. Something useful like finding us planet B. Oh, planet B. So there's a video. Yep. Put forth into the world by Climate Desk. Oh, a fan. Yeah, a little Climate Desk upstairs. Which is a quote from YouTube. Journalistic collaboration dedicated to exploring the impact human, environmental, and economic, political of a changing climate. Partners are the Atlantic, Center for Investigative Reporting, Grist, The Guardian, Mother Jones, Slate, Wired, and PBS's new public affairs show, Need to Know. It's a good video. Two or three minutes. It's nice. A MIT brain 
explaining the... Not that's the, exo- the uh, Massachusetts Institute exo- of Technology, right? Yes. Okay. The, not exoskeletons. Exoplanets. Exoplanets. The exoplanets that some folks are getting a little hot and bothered about is p- potential planet Bs. Another planet we can go destroy. Planet B being the clarion call. Huh? Yeah, what? I don't know. Is that right? I don't know what that means. A cornet? My IQ is not as high as yours, though. So, yeah, a coronet. <laughs> coronet. God, I still... I don't... <clears throat> Ironic uh, a bit, since you went there. Yeah. You, you uh, hornswoggle me in the intro last week. Talking about my my intellect dragging down the the intelligence of last week's episode. Yeah, it's a defense maneuver. Must have been because I think only one of us understood the difference between cornet and coronet. I I had no idea. And only one of us knew about Sean Penn's post Katrina. Matt, I'm okay. With macho it. activities. I have a vague recollection. I just oh now you not have a vague recollection. I didn't Real hang on to that convenient. One. I didn't hang on to it. So convenient. Yeah, there's a lot going in, a lot coming out. That one just went. Yeah. There's a lot of but hot air coming out. Cor- uh, coronet <laughs> v. Cornet. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I yeah, I was I too. Known that. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I cornet, sent it. cornet being the horn. Coronet yeah. being crown. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, I sent it to you the correct way. You did. And your instinct is just to assume <laughs> I'm wrong. It sure was. <laughs> I didn't even tell you you're wrong. I just put it in like. I know quote, you didn't even bother looking up your like, uh, quote. <laughs> coronet. Like, yeah. uh, no, but yeah, go ahead and tweet that and. Instagram it, hashtag it, hey, make us look the fool. I am sorry. Oh, geez. Thanks. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe that's all I was fishing for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> An apology. One and only time you will get that on the Natchcast. <laughs> hey, Planet B, though. Yeah. You seen in- Interstellar? I have not, but let's real quick setup. Same thing. There's something about the climate movement. Uh, who's the, the uh, Ban Ki-moon? Who's the guy? The head of the UN. Is that him? Ban Ki-moon, yeah. Sun Kill Moon? That's a band. Yep. They have a really good album of Modest Mouse covers. They do? Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I made a comment like there is no plan B for for climate change because there is no planet B. Yeah. And then a real clever kind of, turn of phrase. It was true, yeah. And they, made, years they, ago. they take great pains in this video of going, this isn't going to solve the problems we have now. But eight generations from now. We're starting to figure out where we could go. Now, you got to watch Interstellar. I mean, that video is good, but Interstellar is that, plus some other crazy astrophysics hypothesizing gone. McConaughey, completely. huh? That dude is the man. Mm. Let's get him on this pod. I think we I could. I would love to talk to him. I bet we could. He has got to be one of the best actors. Really? Period. He's so good in that movie. He's so good in Dallas Buyers Club. He's so good in Magic that. Mike. I haven't seen that either. So good in Dazed and Confused. What is Magic Mike? The one with the male strippers and Channing Tatum. Steven, He's in Steven that Soderbergh. Movie? Yeah, it's amazing. He like that's a so- he lampoons his public image, uh. but without making it a caricature. It's amazing. Wow! You should watch that movie. It's really good. True Detective. True Detective, of course. Jeez, <sighs> man. But Interstellar, uh, he is like this kind of pilot and engineer, and his family they're farmers. In the beginning of the movie, you learn that they're farmers. I don't. I think they're in Iowa or something. Oh, there you go. But every crop on the planet, you cannot hate on that. We've yeah. discussed it. And every crop is dying. Like, Ooh. humanity basically can't grow food anymore. And you get, Damn. like, they don't come out right and to give you all the details, but you get the sense that much of the population is gone. Ooh. They've had, they have to burn crops all the time because they fail. Ooh. And, uh, but there's something, you know, there's something, he's got a greater purpose. He's like an engineer, he's a pilot. Mm. And he, a he, calling. he 
a compulsion. Through this strange set of circumstances, figures out where this secret NASA base is, and they recruit him to fly on a mission. What if I want to watch the movie? I'm not giving anything away here. All right. It is like nine hours long, right? It's three hours long. But they recruit him to fly on a mission to go find another habitable And he planet. may never come back. Exactly. I've and seen that scene with the daughter. Oh, it's very moving. You bet. I'm not fucking with you. It's great. I'm not either. It's a wonderful movie. It gets a little weird. You have to suspend disbelief a little bit. and maybe It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Old Chris. Anyway, Planet Planet B, they're searching for it. What were the, they, they, they found some candidates, right? Kepler 12498FP. Yeah, and there was an interesting HD one too where the, like our moon, they said this other planet was always facing its sun. They did have that line. I only when so I, you could live like in permanent Alaska, where it's just sunny all day. They said then, something about oh, you could vacation where the sun's always out. Come on. Well, no, they said you could live where the sun's always out and vacation where it's always sunset. Oh, where I'm guessing it's going to be twist. chilly though. I mean, what are you going to do? You want to do the opposite? You want to live, live just in, in darkness? <laughs> well, and it, but how do you know it's sunset? Could just as easily be sunrise, right? If, if it's never changing, life's how you look at it. It's all in—it's all a matter of perception. Look. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Natchcast brought to you by Mealworms. Thirty-seven point three four percent more throughput than your average bug. For a sustainable protein source long after the sun has burned out your eyeballs and raised boils on your calves. Look for mealworms in the innovation aisle at Oofer or at Uncle Tug's Bait Shop out on Highway 6 past Kremlin. Hey, uh, Josh, we're pleased to uh, welcome a second sponsor this week. Get out. Locusts. Locusts. The thing to eat when the apocalypse clipses. Get ahead of the crowds. Grab some locusts right out of the sky and eat them raw, head first like a deep-fried prawn. Also known as cicadas, also good as a topping on your morning cereal. Josh, do you eat bugs? Do I eat bugs? I don't, but I would. Uh, one one thing, though, I don't think cicadas and, and uh, locusts are the same thing. Cicadas come out of the ground once every nine years. So that would be more like a rare, that would be like the... Uh, not the veal of the bug-eating world, but some sort of like uh, like truffles. Yeah, cicadas are like truffles. So yeah, cicadas would be like truffles. But the thing is, yes or no? No, no, I have not eaten bugs, but yes, I would. And yes, in a sense, we all eat bugs because we eat big, giant, soggy, salty seawater bugs called lobster, crab, shrimp. Those have exoskeletons too. They're just like giant versions of bugs, which is begs the question, why is it so gross to consider eating a grasshopper or a cricket? What's gross about that? Is it because they're tiny? It's because they're sharp little feet will scrape your tongue? I don't know. But you're, you're totally happy to get a king crab leg, a giant beetle leg, essentially, and crack it open and ferret out a huge piece of meat, dip it in butter and eat it. That's all I'm saying. So, sorry, what was the question? Back to the show. Good clip here. But speaking of bugs, and just to give our sponsors another plug, we're going to visit uh, an article in Sat... <coughs> you done? <laughs> we got an article here from Savure. Savure. How would you say it? Savour? Savour. Savour? Not Savour. Savour. Not Savure. It's Savour. Savour. This article is called... Oh, it's a dispatch. Dispatch. Eating crickets in... Pal- oh, God. Dispatch, eating crickets in Plaza Hidalgo. Hidalgo. 
A Brief Encounter with Mexico City's Tiniest Street Food by Alan Hansen. Mm. So this is actually a, kind of an obnoxious article. Mm-hmm. Above the fold as you're reading it, it seems like it's going to be some like 19-page mm-hmm. National Geographic piece. Turns out it's like probably like barely 400 words. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read from the beginning here so you get a sense of how overwritten this is. Mm-hmm. We wander through Mexico City's Coyacan neighborhood eating corn. The where, street where? Coyoacan. It is a uh, it's Mexican or Spanish for coyote, right? Coyote. I think uh, if I if you let me get to it. Wait. Okay, you pronounce Start it for over. me. No, no, no. no, 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 no you read it. You read it. You read it. Motherfucker. We wander through Mexico City's Coyoacan neighborhood eating corn. The street coyotes of its namesake now streams of blissful loiterers curling around the merchants into Plaza Hidalgo. The colors all shock and burst. The grifters look like your niece. What? Everyone is flexing a fist what or flashing. <laughs> Everyone is flexing a fist or flashing a grin, eager for energy. Can Again, we make that our tagline? What? The grifters look like your niece. <laughs> we'll have to give credit to uh, to Mr. Hanson. I mean, I mean they're they're cute and young i guess i guess that makes sense they're kind of unassuming yeah because if you've been to like i haven't been in the, i haven't been to uh plaza hidalgo but i've been to tijuana and <laughs> i left crying i mean i was drunk and i was underage but i was like crying by the time i left because so many homeless kids tried to sell me gum and i had armloads of gum and i was just i was a mess uh. it was too much for my gringo sensibilities mm-hmm. I'm overcome with white guilt i don't know what happened We'd just been gawking at Frida Kahlo's death mask, and I'd felt thick, dark. But now in the rushing light, I am ageless and unbounded. Oh, boy. The square is a lemon having a fit. (laughs) What the fuck? I'm realizing now I didn't totally read this because it was so obnoxious. Is this new? Mm. This is priceless. Oh, this this is brand new. How'd this Fucking dispatch. It's old colonial Mexico in bright bloom. So That's just a taste. You're about a third of the way through, but that's a taste. Oh, something's on fire. Uh, so it's tempting to read the rest of this, but but the deal is uh, they end up in a restaurant and they want to order. We order guacamole too, but Con Capulines throws us off. And the waiter, pinching his fingers together and struggling, can't seem to find the word either. We decide to try it regardless. He returns and sets a small white bowl down. Ah, Capulines. Como se dice, he asks. Crickets. Ah, oh, crickets. That's me. That's not in the article. They look like tiny grasshoppers. They've been toasted to a dry crisp, salted and limed like a sunflower seed with a face. Anyway. Crickets look like tiny grasshoppers? Have you seen one? I can't you do better than that if you've been going so florid for the whole thing. Yeah, right. And they look like tiny grasshoppers. (laughs) Yeah, this is from the guy who said the square is is a lemon having a fit. They look like my neighbor. (laughs) They look like my other niece. Yes. Um, After seven rum cocktails, watching... The amazing race and dreaming of the day he, too, with a friend or a family member, could load up a pack onto his back, traverse the world. I think you're ready to write for Savour. Should have let me try to finish that. I don't know what oh, was going to happen. No, I don't know what was going to happen. Stream of consciousness I did not mean to interrupt. Jump off a cliff into a emerald green pond. Tell me, how light is your backpack? And feel... Like a bug on the wind. And we crunch them into and the dip mouth them of a tourist and wash them down. Hidalgo. 
with the cold beer, their bronzed bodies like dead Jesus, royalty waiting stop, in the sun. Stop. Bowl. This is I. I mean, I don't know. You know. But here's the deal. It's, this uh, is a. Uh, I'm this sorry, is an Alan utterly obnoxious maybe article. Maybe someone will enjoy this. But what, but what I'm taking the I'm looking for a silver lining on this thing, or something something useful about I it. I want to know how you get this. How do you get this publication? It's a ma- it's a it's like a print magazine. You've never seen it. No, I know. It's like it's, an extra big one. It's a good one. How'd they get this up here? How'd this slip through the cracks? <laughs> I don't know. But if there is subterfuge going on here, which I do not think there is, but if there is, here's what it is, right? <laughs> what does that mean, the subterfuge? Because this whole article is like, it's overblown and ridiculous, and then by the end, it's, it, it comes Whoa. down to like, oh yeah, these taste pretty good. So it sort of mirrors the whole, <laughs> the whole thought or the whole experience one might have in preparing to eat a cricket. Your mind it. would race. And go Florida, and you'd be like, oh, I got a problem. It's a cricket. I can't eat it. It's a cricket. I don't know what to do. It's a cricket. But then you eat it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a cricket. I got a problem. You see the subterfuge here? I do. And that was well done. What's the problem? Alan Hansen is a writer from California and an amateur entomophagist. Entomologist, isn't it? Nope. Mophagist, a bug eater. Oh, bug eater. You can find him on Twitter here. And when you click that, it goes to Swizz Keats. At I love butts two four seven. Oh, that's not a problem. That's a solution. <laughs> and that's him. There he is. Is it really him? That's him. Because it's yeah, he's in Glenview, and there's his website, Alan Hansen But it says Swizz Beats. I love butts. No, Swizz Keats. That's his Twitter handle. That's his name. Yeah, and his handle is I love L U V. I love butts two four seven. Twenty four seven. He loves butts twenty four seven. Oh yeah, this guy's a genius. You think so? I'm taking it back. This <laughs> article is it, it is subterfuge. That proves it. I love butts twenty four seven. He's trying to wax poetic about the whole uh, all our hangups about eating bugs. Sends us into a dramaturgic. Wow. Fourteen hours ago, he tweeted, "No socks in the vans. Eating a bag of shredded cheese, sipping tecate." Man, this guy is street. All right. Well, we could just spend the rest of the podcast right here. I think so. Whoa, there's some stuff, man. Yeah. Our intent is not to hate on Alan. It's just No, like, no. Well, I didn't. But this int- article the, is it was, a bit insane. It was insane. Unless he was mocking Sever. Maybe. From his weird Twitter, I love butts. Well, that suggests vibe. that maybe he was mocking something. <laughs> maybe he something. was mocking something. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is his. Oh, Swizz Keats. Maybe we underestimated Swizz Keats. Swizz Keats. All right. Oh, is it like Keats, like the poet Keats? Yeah. Swizz Keats. Mm-hmm. That's a whole bag of cats, Alan. You see what France did? Oh, France. I'm moving to France. I tell you what. Nation of Change. That's the website. Article written by Ari Phillips. Yeah, I like that name. France says new roofs must be covered in plants or solar panels. What the hell is going on in France? Uh, They're catching up. Last week, they passed a law, levy $80,000 fines on supermarkets if they throw away their food. Or pour bleach on it. Instead of giving it away to people in need. That's right. Now, you got to cover your roof. Yeah. Commercial buildings, solar panels, or plants. Well, according to this article, Boom. too, there, France has lagged behind its EU partners, right, in terms of uh, energy or Renewable, clean energy. Because uh, they, they run mostly on nuclear power. Right. Photovoltaic, photovoltaic capacity. From renewable sources. I'm just going to nod. Germany's crushing it, and they're behind. I mean, Germany's like, I don't know what, it's like some very meaningful percentage of their energy comes from renewable sources. It's like 30 or 60 or 92. I don't know. 78.5. But it's not like three. Right. Yeah. 
and so France is behind. But what the hell? They're just doing it over there. They're crushing it. What's go- I want to know what's going on in there. Is it Parliament? What do they have there? I don't. <laughs> well, how come they can get shit through? Just go with government in a rush. You know they can get through. their government's getting well, shit done. I'm not sure it was a rush, but it, compared to us, it's a rush. Yeah, we can't get anything God. done here. A new law passed in France on Thursday requiring new commercial zoned buildings. What rooftops. they did, and the, the law was written okay. Thursday morning. Did you read that part? <laughs> no. It's amazing. Um, must be partially covered in plants or solar panels. That was a stinging defeat. They wanted it to be fully covered, mm. the environmentalists. Green rooftops will help reduce the urban heat island, as well as having many other environmental. But did you read about the heat island? So I knew about the heat island. Sure, you did. But I didn't realize how intense the heat island is. So in urban centers, they tend to be hotter than surrounding, less populated situations. During the day, large cities can get 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit to 5.4 degrees Fahrenheit warmer, but at night, 22 degrees more. What? That's because they just soak up that heat and it bakes them all day, and then they start letting it out into your body. Would it help if asphalt was like gray instead of black? Or taupe? Or How about taupe asphalt? Taupe. Sidewalks don't get as hot as the street, you know? Mauve? Salmon. Isn't, isn't it mauve? Sam- no, it's not. Salmon. Uh, it is. It's mauve. You mispronounced no. the color. No. It's oh. not mauve. Oh, I'm going online to look this up. It's mauve. Hold on. Here. Uh, oh. Harold and mauve. Where's the dictionary? Easy way to remember it. Uh, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going to turn this up so people can hear it. Oh, wait. Speaking. Okay. Here I'll, it comes. We'll let this happen first. Let me just get it in the mic here. Mauve. Oh! <laughs> crushing I, defeat! What did I say? You said mauve. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, it's not my week. Speaking of, let's just add insult to injury here. Did you look up what I told you the other week about Japanese? About it being nearly, yeah. uh, being very well, easy for you, a... You sent me some link that kind of... It said what I said, nah. that there are far fewer sound combinations. Yeah, but it didn't say all of them. What? There, you implied that every sound... Every sound combination in Japanese exists, I- exists in, in English. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still dubious. Yeah. You keep, you keep I, riding I am, that dead I horse off into the sunset. <laughs> you know how you say Denver in Japanese? No. Denba. Because they don't have the V sound. Burashu-san. <laughs> That's well done. Uh. See, and I, I got a D plus in my Japanese class, and I can still speak it without an accent. <laughs> you got a D plus. Oh. Yeah, I did poorly. And it was a five credit class, so it completely, t- it like, just gutted my GPA. That was it? I did all right otherwise. Oh. It was just a really difficult class. It was only difficult because if you stayed on top of your homework each week, it was actually, the teacher was wonderful, and you would learn Japanese. But I blew it. After, like, week three, I fell behind, and then it just snowballed. Snowballed. Brought me down to like a 2.83. Hey, so. that's, that's, that's not the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just a, at a state What university. classes were you excelling at? Uh, the bullshitty writing ones. Yeah, okay. The I can trick you. Creative workshopping? Yeah, just like write an essay that <clears throat> makes it seem like I read the book. Mm. 101, you mm. know that? Did you take that class? Mm-mm. I was really good in that class. We didn't have that one where I went to school. Look. Flavorful petite peaches, a result of water shortage. Mm-hmm. This comes to us from Astronaut. Our man, Chuck Abbott. There you go. When he's not uh, time traveling and Chizuk. or 
scoping out exoplanets for our B solution. Chuck Abbott's on that? What? What? What does Chuck Abbott have to do with I was going B? with the astronaut thing. Wait, why? Is Chuck Abbott an astronaut? <sighs> <laughs> You've blown my mind here. What? You're thinking of Chuck Yeager, but he was... No, he was I'm thinking of the tweets... From Chopette 12. Oh, Chopette. I didn't hear you say Chopette. I, I didn't thought you say were... it. I just implied it. Because oh. everybody out there knows what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> she said in the live tweeting of episode... Eight. Okay. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, she did. It was yeah. a good one. She thought, what a great name. Badass. Must Sounds like an astronaut. Chuck Abbott? Chuck Abbott. Yeah. He sounds like he is just very confident. Walks into a room, owns it, Oops. but not a showboat. Right. Yeah. Chuck Abbott. You know, I'm just going to take it back Fern, to- Fern, this is his newsletter daily. Subscribe see, he, to it. It's good stuff. What I'm picturing- There's a story here I'm going to get to Chuck in Chuck Abbott. He might be a bit like Hank too, but when I was at Metro- Oh, I've been talking to Hank. I'm going to talk about Metro again for just a second. A few things here. Our boy Greg, who can- Gemba! Who, yeah, Greg, who can weigh in on the uh, the Coors The Metropolitan- beer. City University of Denmark. Well, now it's Metropolitan University. What was it then? It was State College before. So I went to a state college, but on my LinkedIn profile, I get to say I went to a university. Best of both worlds. Is that a big deal? No. <laughs> but Greg went there with me. He was in this Japanese class with me. He got a B. Oh. He loved Goron Sensei. That was the teacher. Goron Sensei. But we also uh, took a few classes from this guy, James J. Brodell. J. Brodell. Mm. Grizzled newsman, like, mm. like the just the archetypal kind of like editor hard ass, like, yeah, what are you doing over there? And he kind of talked like that too, and he'd be like, hey, good word and good pronunciation before. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, Josh, do you, you want to be a newsman or what? What the? What are you doing? What are you doing? Because I wasn't always bringing it. Like, do you want to be a newsman? And you know what he told me I should do? Mm-mm. He's like, here's what you need to do. He told me to go down south and oh. try and meet a girl whose dad was a general. <laughs> and like, good. And like coast on his... That's good. <laughs> on his, I'm like, what? That's the strategy, huh? Is that all I've shown you? Is that, that's what I'm capable of? Go down south and meet a girl whose dad was a general. It was very specific advice. <laughs> it was, do you want to be a newsman? Or do, or do you, you want to go do this? <laughs> sip sweet tea on the porch. Yes. With the... Uh, Harrison's. But uh, Jay Brodell lives in Costa Rica. I think he's still Sherman's. alive and kicking. He, he is the generals. editor-in-chief of AM Costa Rica. Confederate so English-speaking newspaper. Lee. Or an English newspaper. Would you have changed your name to Costa Sherman Rica. or Lee or... Nah, yeah, you would have. You can't tarnish that uh, heritage. I don't know what I would That the done. daughter would bring to the table. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm like, well, so is mine. You can call me <laughs> Annabelle too. Whatever daddy wants. All right, what were you talking about? Oh, that he's the editor of AM Costa Rica, an English newspaper in Costa Rica. This grizzled Rica. man? Jay Brodell. Oh. He's the man. Even oh. though I, I did not ever fully blossom as a newsman. Newsman? A newsman. Uh, like Hank. He always made me wish that I had. Oh. You know? He was a wonderful guy. You wanted to impress him. I did. And you never did. Look. So where were we? Ready? Oh, little, little Peaches. So. From Chuck J. Brodell Abbott. There you go. Organic grower David Masumoto. Yeah, who farms near Fresno tells the Los Angeles Times, we've been, quote, we've been experimenting with this petite 
peach method this year, where we're cutting back water use 30%, 40%, 50% on some select areas of the orchard to see how it responds. The fruits are small but flavorful, says Masumoto. It's probably the most intense I've ever had. Four-year drought may lead to a reconsideration uh, of where agriculture should be located and how it should, be, how it should operate. Uh, when water was plentiful, growers used it to produce ever-larger grapes or strawberries, says Masumoto. Quote, I realized I don't think these peaches want to be big. Fucking What's the hey, matter Masumoto? with that? That's my breakthrough. Oh, my God. I may have been overwatering all these years. Huge surprise that Americans would want oversized produce. Which is, so the petite peach is actually probably just a regular peach. Yeah, it's probably, like, if you showed a petite peach to someone, right. like, from the 1800s, it'd be like, oh, what a lovely-looking peach. <laughs> yes. You wouldn't say, why is this a tiny peach? May I take this on my march through the South? Yes, may I take this to the general's daughter, please? <laughs> yes. Well, then Chuck, he, like, drops in a little teaser there, too, about, like, all these, this uh, coming battle over groundwater yeah the, well but it's and the related people who to, can afford to drill deeper and deeper yeah, yeah yeah. it's just like oh by the way this is happening too peaches <laughs> it's a wonderful well, isn't there i already closed it isn't there a fracking angle like you dig down there and you suck out the aquifers and i don't remember a fracking angle but i remember that like you know smaller farmers can access groundwater but as it starts to dry up it'll only be accessible to people who can drill even deeper and have the money to drill deep yeah story of my life you know who's got money I do. You know, he's got billions of dollars just to give to someone when they break up with them. Monsanto. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Monsanto. <laughs> oh, a segue. segue. I'll go ahead since I'm right here. St. Louis Post Dispatch. Tim Barker. To land Syngenta, Monsanto offers to change name, incorporate in UK. So if you're not familiar with this, Monsanto is... They're grinding pretty hard on Syngenta. They want them. Wait, this is funny. I'm sorry, but there is a little parallel to what we were just talking about. You were saying I would change my name to Court a Southern Belle. That's right. And here Monsanto is offering to change their name to Court yeah. some Swiss maiden. That's right. Some Swiss miss. Oh, well done, us. God, we're good. And you for noticing. As Monsanto intensifies its courtship of Syngenta, emerging details show the Crevecoeur-based agriculture giant is willing to change its name and move its legal headquarters overseas. Is that a bird call? Uh-huh. Uh, no. Uh, what are the details? So Monsanto's Monsanto changed. So they keep rebuffing them. Yeah. Syngenta's like, you haven't, thought this. Hard you haven't thought this through. It'll never pass. The regulatory hurdles required. You're not giving me enough money. Yeah. Piss yeah. up a rope. And Monsanto said, here, Monsanto. we'll give you a two. We'll, if this doesn't work, we'll give you $2 billion. As a breakup fee, which is Insane. a very large breakup fee. They're now offering $45 billion. Uh, they've twice been rejected. They said they would be willing to move their headquarters to the UK. But keep St. Louis as a hub. After, well, I think, who knows if that's a PR response, yeah. right? Because they've got like a over one, uh, they've been in St. Louis since 1901. Yeah. Eh! But you know what? Clearly, they give a fuck about the little people. You know what else goes on when you move over to the UK? You got this. Tax uh, dodge. Yep. What do they call that thing? Tax, reverse tax engineering? What is it where you do that? Uh, tax re- inversion. Reach around. Taxation. Reach around. Taxation on... Reach around. Ta- ta- mm-hmm. So they uh, they still aren't getting anywhere with these with their Swiss maiden. But no. man, this is a... But they, but they did offer to change their name. So therefore, it's time to ideate! 
it. Oh, we need an audio cue for that. Yes. Radiation. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's, do, let's do a sound again, though. I like the sounds. Oh, you, oh, you have notes? I took some notes. Oh, damn, I didn't. All right. All right. So, actually, I watched this inspired... Possible new names for the combined possible entities, Monsanto Syngenta. Dominant player in the world of genetically engineered seeds. So I'm going to give you a bit of the process here. I actually watched this really nice video. Uh, it was posted on High Snobiety, which is a site I used to work for a little bit. But, but uh, and, and I don't remember the designer's name, and I apologize. But it was uh, he basically given a challenge to create a logo in 15 minutes for a fictitious company. Mm. And his process began with a notepad. He, had a, he, mm. he actually makes those little field notes. Have you seen those? It's like a little paper notebook smaller than this. Oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he makes those. He sells those. But he was delightful, and he was just talking about how he, he ideates in a sketchbook first. So Many people in the agency world carry around the pad. Yeah, they, no, they get not, really finicky s- about it, like this kind of pad, this oh, kind yeah. of pencil. No, this is a – I do not know – speaking of hard things to pronounce, this is a Rhodia. I think it's, how, it's R-H-O-D-I-A. You know who used Rhodia? They actually make these uh, bigger – Well, no, they make these big tablets. Fitzgerald. That uh, are a grid paper, I think. Keats. Close. John Hughes. Wrote all his screenplays in Rhodia really? tablets. Yeah. This is one of their, this thing is more like a moleskin. It's nice looking. It is. Sort of a dirty I've had orange. it for years. I mean, if we, if, <gasps> if we go all the back. Quick shout out to Zach Normandon. Isn't oh, today, yeah. isn't today Dirty, dirty lemon? lemon? I've been seeing these cryptic grams about Dirty Lemon launching. Check yeah. it out. That girl, you th- you said girl, you thought girls with gluten was slowing down? 11,000 followers. No, no, no. It just seemed like the likes were starting to plateau a bit. But then I was wrong, because then a couple of days later, Such there was one with like 300, 300 likes. I thought I told you that in confidence. Just, but <laughs> <laughs> throw me under the bus with our buddy, Zach. Zach will be fine. Uh, oh, we are getting this. at least four or five likes per gram. <laughs> look at this. So we have nothing to be sh- Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Tasting notes in here. No, give me the From process. From the Great I'll... American Beer Fest. No, no, no. Process Lost Abbey. Pro- Red Poppy, Tart, Haystack, Cockshore, Polite. They, cockshore, is that your name for the combined Monsanto? No, that's how I described Lost Abbey. No, this is, these are tasting start. notes cockshore. from the Great American Beer Fest. This is Shorecock. Go, keep going. Okay, sorry. So here's my thought process, right? So I'm going to piggyback on your process. So Monsanto's courting a company that's Swiss. Yes. Oh, okay. In Switzerland, they speak German, French, and Italian. Mm. Those are, I think, the three dominant <laughs> languages spoken there. You're already off track. Why would this be what you focus on? There's a seed company. I don't You're care. focusing on the languages. No, I'm because I'm looking for... There are global... Okay, I'm ready. What are the words that I associate with okay. Monsanto? We could still get there. Death. Hmm. German, Todd. Todd. T-O-D. Todd. Is that the German word for death? Todd. According to Google Translate, yes. I'm not sure that's right. Well, we'll just pretend it is. <laughs> Italian and French, you have mort. There you go. Or morte. So, Todd morte. Todd morte. <laughs> death. That's or uh, with, a, with with a Spanish accent, Toad Morte, <laughs> Toad Mort, Toad Mort for the St. Louis combined entity with Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs> yes. Toad Morte. Okay, good, good. Or cancer is Krebs in German. Oh, but that's too much like Krebs. Can it's uh, cancro in Italian? But you could do you could do those letters C A N C R O. Cancro. Cancro sounds a bit like canker sore, but cancro. Blight, Bronfowl. There we go. Ruil, Rugin. Those are not good, but here it is. Here it is. Are you ready for the money shot? 
what is this new company called? And it's, I'm, I'm going I'm to pigeonhole myself as an ideator who, who uh, leans heavily on umlauts after my oofer <laughs> victory. Still winning with oofer. Ubel. Ubel. That sounds like a soft cheese company. Doesn't it? But guess what it means in German? Evil. <laughs> U-B-E-L? U-B-E-L. Ubel. 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 It's Ubel. perfect for them. It's a bait and switch. It is. With the Ubel. Ubel. It sounds soft and peaceful, but really, it but gets, I think I, gets right to the core of these. So that's where I'm going. I'm going, you want to you set it up as all soft and peaceful Ubel, but then you follow Ubel. it up with like agro works. Yeah, Ubel Agro works. W E R K S. Oh yeah, Ubel Ag works. Ag Ooh. works like ag because always... agro makes it seem aggressive. It does. Agro works. Ubel's great, but it's just not even close to like a contender. Well, I, I don't really want to get their business. So <laughs> I'm, I'm more it, interested so in making it, fun of them. So what happens? So the go-to would be some sort of that's good job, good good work, Josh. Thank you. You could combine them. Sin Santo. Sin Santo. Sin Santo or Mongenta. Mon, Mongina. Mons is. Mons difference. What? Well, that's Vaz difference. <laughs> I like But Ubel. I don't think that's the way people go anymore. They don't just combine them. That's no, too that's passive. what I'm saying. Ubel. Yeah, it's a you new go face. with something new and. Uh, and but evil. it's also a word that doesn't really mean anything, right? Yeah, that's why so Ubel's great. It's like Google has that Google veneer. What would you do for nonsense seeds? But they could just do Ubel, O O B E L, and technology. If I was trying to mash those words together, Say, silo, skeet, <laughs> silo skeet, yeah, hot skeet, terrible, Ubel skeet, Ubel, Ubel skeet. I can't beat Ubel. I didn't prepare. Let's see. Off the cuff, I would come up with some word that is meaningless but evocative of agriculture, seeds, and technology. Pod silo, but then you have to turn it into something that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, or sprout. Silpod. Sprout is so innocuous. Sp- yeah, but see, that's it's just that's, a, that's like that's a natural food begins. company. I know, but that's why you... They'll never get away with you it. You wrench it. You don't call it sprout. You take sprout and you... You, you find the German sprout. word for sprout. Sprouten. Sprouten. <laughs> why are you going German? So weird. Because German, I mean... They speak it in... <laughs> well, yeah, but also but German, I mean, like a lot of German words have kind of an evil... Well, so it looks like Monsanto is just like willing to just lift the skirts and... Give it all away. That's right. They're slutty. Uh, they, they're, maybe they're desperate. They don't care. They'll bend maybe. over. They'll lie on their backs. Josh. Oh, you can say lift up the skirt. I stopped right there. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm showing that they're even. I was, it was sort of the southern gentlemanly way to. See, I'm saying they're way a... dirtier than that. They're not just yeah, like, oh, have a peek. They're like, oh, get inside. <laughs> <laughs> Take the tour. This one comes to us from Richie Robbins, longtime fan of the cast. Who's Richie Robbins? First, uh, first uh, sort of uh, article suggestion we could run with here. Thanks, Rich. Bird. Who Rob- is Richie Beans. Robbins? Some guy out in Portland. Occasionally sends me a text of uh, organic beer vomit on the sidewalk. Assuming it's organic. Of- oh, okay. Because there's so many, because there's lots of beer puke in Portland. And it's all natural. Or, yeah, right. Is Portland like the Dublin of of America? 
Interesting. I've heard in Dublin there's just sick all over the streets. But Dublin's one of my favorite cities. Really? Yep. You've been there? Been there. Hmm. Been to all the cities. We didn't even mention that I have been to Paris. You you accused me of, there not, you go. of not traveling at all. I've been oh, to you've Paris. been to Paris. Been to Paris, been to Frontignan on the southern tip of France. I've been to what the Basque Country. Huh? I've been to Barcelona. That's how they say it. Barcelona. Good job. Yeah, I fucking... New 20... Where am I? <laughs> I'm at Digital Trends. Article by Drew Prindle. Prindle. New $25 blood test can tell you every virus you've ever had. Prindlefly. From Monsanto Syngenta? Oh, no, that was a reference to David Cronenberg's The Fly. Seth Brundle. Brundlefly. Prindlefly. Continue. <clears throat> ever wanted to look back on the history of your immune system? Sort of like how you can look back on your browser history today? Well, even if you've never had the desire to do such a thing, don't worry. Scientists have developed a way to make it happen. New report in Science, highly esteemed journal, talking about how these folks for, I mean, it was no money, right? It was like $25 per test. Mm. They look at your T and B cells, uh, the lymphocytes, Mm. and the presence of antibodies that are generated when you get some sort of virus. And they, and they, wow, not unlike whatever just happened to you. And those, those linger around because they remember they're your body's memory of like, oh yeah, next time we get that shit, we're going to go at it like this, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to, don't let me forget to bring it back around to CRISPR. Please Remember at the very beginning? Oh, I remember CRISPR. Yeah, all right. So this, uh, I don't know, this might be too heady for Josh, but what's cool about this... You son of a bitch. ...is this the way... Insane levels of information coming about how to unpack our health. You think I don't know about big data? (laughs) (coughs) No, I don't. Really? It's a primary concern in the field of experience design. Oh, no! (laughs) I have edited so many articles about big data. So that's part of it. And how you use the big data to get to the very personalized solution for you. You know what? That is the exact thing people try and do in experience design. It's not, it's, you got reams of data. Right. You know what the magic is? Big. You, you find the story. You find the connections. You create the narrative, the story. Not well, that you need that for this. Well, what's happening in medicine? The story is, you've had some sicknesses. I am of counsel. That, that, I'm not a lawyer. Consignere. I am an advisor, a strategic friend. To the Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Institute. You and your highfalutin... PLMI. Wow, come on, these guys are great. More like TMI. <laughs> Terrible pun. <laughs> Is that a pun? Terrible. I feel like you're giving us too much information. I know. Look, everybody want to cut the leg off them. So the future of medicine is in personalized care. The future care. of medicine... Yes, personalized care. Therapies that are targeted to the individual... N equals one, mm. not, not these clinical studies, N equals thousands of people. You use all of that big data to find the correlations, drill down and go, this is what's going to work for you right now. Yeah. And so what's cool about this and, and the cost like plummet, right? Yeah. 25 bucks. I, I often think this when you sort of understand like, okay, we can, we can figure out every virus you've ever had. So that's fine. And through that, we can make a timeline, man, figure out like, Oh, this is why this happened to you because you got hit with this and then this and maybe you had something else going on. That's info. Yeah, and if and you we're couple so that dumb with right now, it's so uh, dumb right now. We don't put anything together. 
We don't. We don't connect the dots. You I walk mean, into we, the doctor and you go, this hurts. And they go, oh, then it has to be this. Well, I mean, they we, don't go, you, tell me everything that's happened to you You go to a new doctor, years. you have to fill out the same ridiculous piece of paperwork you fill out at every other doctor. So that I'm trying shit, to be hopeful about this stuff. You're it's all interconnected. It, it is all interconnected. No, you mean and to experience design as well. I mean, that's a big concern, right? Like, Or just technology. Like you, We should not be using... We should have uh, digital records keeping... For medicine. For medicine, absolutely. For experience design, we should have For medicine. Work? No, but oh, that's totally. where experience design comes in. Like Electronic health Creating record, ways that record. doctors can oh, look yeah. at a patient's complete history and look at a test like this. And you know what's going to happen? The design element is that you would have some sort of interface that would make it easy for them to connect those dots, to personalize that experience. So the, so the, so the big sort of supercharger here is, is um, mapping the human genome years ago, and the costs are now plummeting so much that we can almost do it for everybody. And creating a stellar user interface. <laughs> when we get to that point, every newborn we will sequence. Yeah. And this is because people are like, oh. Gattaca. Well, you'll figure out, like, this one's probably going to get Alzheimer's. But it's not a death sentence. You spend your, They don't all get Alzheimer's, and you spend your life focusing on the behaviors and things and triggers up and down that'll keep that from happening. Yeah, make sure they don't use... Deodorant with aluminum in it, right? Well, it's probably all related to packaged food, right? Probably. Artificial. Well, these would be triggers that would help activate those genes. This person. They would express themselves. Like 90% of the population. You'd be the one that got it instead of the one that didn't. Should avoid Nestle products. Oh, you don't know. Snap. Just kidding. Snap. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So, I'm listening to this Radiolab podcast. We'll end on this. Okay. CRISPR. They've come up with this technology, which is sounds revolutionary. Is it related to potato, potato chips? Yep. Okay. Is it really? Nope. Oh. It, they figured out. I don't even know how they're gonna. You can go into like bacteria and target like and and cut away a very specific strand DNA segment. Yeah, you with me? Mm. <laughs> Looks like oh, that's the one that causes Alzheimer's. Snip that one out. Or no, no, no. The, the, the parallel was to, um, and from that, you could do any number of things. You could figure mm. out like, oh, this is the trigger for body odor. You want to stop having body odor in humans? No problem. CRISPR, zip, gone. CRISPR is the device that eradicates it? It's the, techno- <laughs> it's the, te- yes, it's the technology that goes... So wait, you, cl- <laughs> you clip it out of the bacteria, then what, reintroduce the bacteria? They've become, they're becoming very precise... Some people, instead of saying personalized medicine, like say precision medicine, but they're very precise in... I think personalized is better. I do too. What they can take out, and then it's apparently not as Precision is just as cold as a pair of forceps. Well, tell that to Obama. Or uh, what's that that (laughs) thing called? He keeps calling it precision at NIH. They're funding a lot of... They see this as the future of medicine. Mm. But... So you snip it out, and then apparently it's not that hard. It's I don't I don't maybe maybe they haven't figured it out totally yet. But to introduce like the healthier gene variant, and stick mm. that in there, and it knows where to go, and it fills in the gap, and boom, no more body odor. Wow, we might live forever. Not to mention cancer, disease, all those other things that are sort of. But I mean, body. I don't odor. know if we body will. odor is the big one. I don't think. I, <laughs> yes, I don't think I'm going to live forever. Maybe our kids. That'll be problematic, though. You bet it will. You realize, because like right now, we put such a high premium on kids. Look at us. Yeah. Super dads, right? Ooh. We're trying to be. <laughs> right. But I mean, they're, you know, like a generation ago, like you watch Mad Men, like the kids are sort of like an annoying yep. extension or appendage. Should we go back to that? 
No, but I mean, right now it's like they're everything, no? right? We, we, sure? we put, we focus all of our resources on creating as many opportunities as possible for our children. Right. But in a world where everyone lives forever, who cares? Children are the enemy. Children oh. will push you out of your job that you intend to keep for the rest of eternity. Look at you. Just Gattaca. Interstellar. This is just in my mind, man. We got to follow that one up on the next cast. That's good stuff. Yeah, we should. Because that has to do with food, right? Maybe. (laughs) Food resources. Thanks for listening to Natchcast. I've only got seconds here. I'm in the garage, too. Kids are inside working on some uh, some worksheets. Yeah, Taskmaster, giving them worksheets over the summer break. Uh, anyway, yeah, what Mark said. Go on iTunes, give us some stars. Come on, you're our friends, right? Even if you don't know us, you're our friends now because you know so much about us. Uh, what else? Hmm. I, I cut a little something out of this week's episode. Something about how, uh, how to prevent inane discussion about the weather. It's kind of visceral. Let us know. If you want us to talk about it, I'll put it back in or we'll talk about it next week. Uh, anyway, hope everyone's doing well. Hugs. Match cats. I can't hear.